It's HBR, All Things Considered, and I'm Dave Lawrence with our latest episode of Off the Road. Hear everyone we've spoken with so far at hawaiipublicradio.org slash off the road, where there are links to subscribe to the podcast. And today we're packing up for an island with a strong connection to Hawaii, Jamaica, as we reconnect with legendary reggae band Black Uhuru and original member Ducky Simpson. Ducky, a big mahalo for doing this, man, and aloha from Hawaii. <laughs> aloha from Jamaica. Is this where you've been since the start of the pandemic? Yes, I came back from LA 2020, February, mm-hmm. and I've been in South Jamaica, a place by the name of St. Elizabeth. And you spend most of your time there in St. Elizabeth since the uh, pandemic started? I spend a lot of time in St. Elizabeth, spend some time, go back to my house in Kingston, back and forth. Before we hear some of what you've been up to currently, take us back, Ducky, to when the pandemic started and tell us the story of where you were at when things got out of control and how it first affected your life. I was in California and I left on February 2020. There was just one case of the virus in California and that case was in San Francisco. Then I was going on one of my major tours maybe my biggest tour since my career in Europe. And I was here chilling out, waiting until about May, but the pandemic break big time, so that did not happen. And I've been here chilling since that time. Now, are those the tour dates that appear to be held off until 2022? Yes. Since the pandemic began, have you played live at all? Nah, I have not budged, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing some demo for my next album. And the last show, was it in Vegas, actually, in February? Yes, that was, that was my last concert in Vegas. I flew from Vegas to Jamaica. Wow. What I do, I try to stay away from a lot of crowds. I've just been chilling at my flat. There's a lot of curfew. Like even now, there's curfew from 3 o'clock. 3 p.m. You know? Yeah, everybody has to be off the road from 3 p.m. So I'm, we are totally locked down here. Wow. The lockdown is not every day, but the curfew is every day. Okay. Just try to stay out of large gathering. I go to the studio in Kingston sometimes. A lot of people is getting the virus down here. It's really kicking eye. Right. But the country is not locked down for people flying in, people coming on vacation, big parties in Migril and stuff like that. So there are still tourists coming to the tourist places. Oh, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of tourists. The country strive from tourism. That's their biggest earner. You're saying it's a critical industry, so they've got to keep the tourists coming because that's a top earner, big as you time, say. Big time. How far is St. Elizabeth's from Negril? Well, that's my favorite chill spot. Negril is like two and a half hours from where I am. West of where you are? Exactly west. I've been there before, Seven Mile Beach. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That has become Seven Mile Hotel. Right. (laughs) You know what I was thinking about on a more serious note? We know we lost so many artists, but two of them that I thought would have a connection to you, um, one of them passed from COVID, one of them his death not related to COVID, but I wanted to start with Toots. Toots Hibbert of Toots and the Maytals, his importance and how he fits into your life. Well, Toots, musically, Toots fit into my life great. Toots was one of my favorite artists. I liked Toots from I was very young. But I was not close to Toots. Had you ever met him? Rarely. Maybe one time or I might have seen him in the studio. 
You said you liked him a lot since you were just a little kid. Yeah, yeah, he's a few years older than me, you know. I've been a fan of Toots from in the 60s. Starting in the 60s. Yeah, know all of his songs. Yeah, Toots was a very famous artist in Jamaica, you know. You would look at him as an inspiration in some ways. Big time, big time. You know, I've been following the guy for like you know, 50 years now, man. <laughs> right on, brother, right on. And, and <laughs> you saw him like... I saw him in the early 60s. That's incredible. So like in 62, I was like 12 years, years of age. You were 12 years old when you first saw him, you think? Yeah, but I, I was going to concert a lot. I was seeing like James Brown... Fats Domino. You were that young and seeing James Brown in concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the Manhattans, the, the, the Shy Lights, the, <laughs> the Temptations, Aretha Franklin, all the famous American artists playing Jamaica. In addition to Toots, the other one that I'm, I know that you have a, a strong connection to, and, and his death not related to the virus, but still it's happened during the pandemic, that's Bunny Whaler. I have a closer relationship with Bunny than Toots. But I and Bonnie was not really close. In the Whalers days, when I used to be around them, these guys were very militant, and you know you'd have to keep your distance, you know? Ah. So when I go to Trenchtown, and I'm kicking it with Whaling Soul, right. Whalers rehearse at Whaling Soul. So that's how I get to know them. But I learned a lot of magic around them musically, right? That's where I kicked off my music training with, when I met Wailing Soul. Bob and Wailing Soul was very close, you know, so Bob would be there every day rehearsing, and then I would be there checking out the scene and learning what I can learn. A lot of your influence and in developing your style and your personality and your presence, which would end up being part of Black Uhuru, you picked it up when you were hanging out with Wailing Souls because they had Bob Marley and, and Bunny Whaler and people like that coming and hanging That's out. That's where I picked up all my teaching, man, from Wailing Soul and the Whalers. I would be watching Bob and Bunny because Bob and Peter and Bunny was like, you know, my hero, you know? And when you think of Bunny, like, is there any funny story that you remember? Like, when you think of his name in those times? <laughs> I got the funniest story for you, man. Okay. The first guitar I bought, Bunny took it away. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> Explain. Well, I'm chilling in Wailing Souls now. So, I'm going to Wailing Souls like five, six days a week, every morning. Get on the bus, go to Trenchtown, leave and come back. So, I bought this guitar. It was a custom-built acoustic guitar. Took it to Trenchtown. You know, like the first day I bought it, I took it to Trenchtown and I show Wailing sold it and they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I left the guitar at Pipe House. I didn't want to be traveling with it. Right. And one day when I get back there, the guitar was nowhere to be found. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, where's my guitar? And they were like, Bonnie took it and say it, is, it was his. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and he had my guitar. Bonnie took my guitar for maybe like a year and a half, two years. One day just returned it to the house. I went to Trenchtown and when I look I saw my guitar. They were like Bonnie Bonnie left it here and I just control it back. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't wanna make no fuss about it because I still wanted to go to Trenchtown. So Bonnie was telling me that the guitar was his and everybody believed Bonnie. So I just chill, you know, because I didn't want to break up the relationship going to Trenchtown. Yeah. Yeah. Makes total sense. And then eventually your attitude paid off because you got it back. and you Big time. Yeah, big time. Got it back 
and learn a lot of chemistry. That's right. I really learned the harmony chemistry from Bob Peter and Bonnie was great harmony singer. So I was in like the right mix. Like their mentors is what you're saying. They were great mentors to have in a way. Big time, big time. I learned all the chemistry with them and everything. Right. Final kind of question. What's going to be next for you, my brother, in terms of uh, obviously the shows that I, I know about are not till next summer in uh, Europe? You know, I might fly out of the country and do one show in November in Puerto Rico. Because hmm. the show has been booked and it had to be canceled because of the pandemic. So that might be my only show for this year, Puerto Rico. And your health, you're feeling good? Yeah, you know, I don't have the virus. So far, everything is good, yeah. And staying away from crowds. Big time. <laughs> I'm sitting on my veranda talking to you now. And you must talk to so many people around the world. Do you have a favorite, Ducky? <laughs> it's yours. But I remember you. <laughs> Specific. Because I remember Blue Note and I remember Hawaii. I'd have to say your interview. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I appreciate it very much. That night in Hawaii, the mood was like, you know, Irie. The mood was very Irie. And now we've talked today, and I hope you had fun today, Ducky. I really enjoyed going over these stories with you, my brother. Big time, big time. Yeah, man, I think you'll see me next year, no? Yeah, fingers crossed. We'll see you back in Hawaii. Yeah, man, no fingers crossed. Either by, if I'm not even performing, you'll see me. We, we were coming to Hawaii. My friend was buying a house in Hawaii 2020, you know. Wow. And the pandemic, like, he just called me, like, maybe two days ago. I've been in Hawaii, like, 2022. We'll get in touch for sure, and we'll see each other when, you, right. when you get here. Where are okay. you talking to me from? Honolulu? Yes, yes, I am. All right, sir. Giving you maximum respect. It's Ducky Simpson, reggae legends, black Uhuru, and uh, just great reconnecting. Big time, big time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, big up, black Uhuru, Ducky Simpson, bless. Traffic to this valley